Welcome to the Tell It As It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, the Avalanche, they just don't stop winning. They are 7-1 and one in November. They beat the Dallas Stars 3-2 to two in a shootout in a fantastic game. It does not matter how many injuries this team has or who they're playing. They, they just win. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I should be used to it at this point because we've been having almost this exact same conversation for over a year. But for some reason, it just doesn't stop surprising me. I am I'm shocked in a way because... Dallas is a good hockey team. Like they, they're good. And for once in the past, like five years, Dallas has been relatively healthy for the majority of the year. I think they said on the broadcast last night, like they've had nine players play every game, which for the Dallas stars is very rare. Um, and the abs went into Dallas and I thought for a majority of the game, they controlled that game. They deserved to win that game. Like yeah, if yeah, it wasn't yeah. for Jake Ottinger being like, I think it's safe to say Jake Ottinger's creeped into the top 10 goalies in the league. Maybe oh, even top with- five easily top five already he is awesome dude he is a fantastic goalie and the fact they only what they signed him for for like four four million a year for three years i believe it was like three years at about it oh my god three years at four million per what kind of agent allows that contract after the playoff series he had oh my lord he is really good. He's not a flash in the pan. Like they have a chance to go far in the playoffs just because Jake Ottinger is gonna probably gonna be the best goalie. If, uh, if the only they, if they get Ottinger from what they got in the Calgary series and they just get a little bit of scoring, that is a legitimate contender. Yeah, they're really good, dude. And uh, I th- I think we said on the episode before I think that the uh, Stars are probably gonna be our toughest competition in the Central Division after this game. I think it just more than likely proved it. Uh, if Ottinger stays healthy and if Jason Robertson continues to play at a fucking MVP level, um, I hate Dallas, but Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger are fucking awesome. They are great players to watch. I'm in the exact same boat because I'm supposed to hate Dallas and I do. But I like a lot of their players for some yeah. reason. Like Jason Robertson, Rope Hints, Joe Pavelski, Ottinger. I'm a big Merrill Heiskanen guy. It's really Jamie Ben that really just drags them down into the mud. Yes. But there's a lot of players on that team that I just I just like. There's nothing to hate about a lot of them. And, and as an Avs fan, I should hate Joe Pavelski with all my guts, but I still think if Joe Pavelski was on the Avs, that would be the grossest thing ever. If Joe because... Pavelski was on the Avs, I would have his jersey tomorrow. Yeah. He is awesome at 38. He is fantastic. But the abs go in there with all of their injuries and they beat this stars team. And if it wasn't for a last minute goal, they would have beat him in regulation. Like I've really thought the abs played a very, very good game. Um, I don't know what else to say about this team other than when they get healthy, watch the fuck out because you're missing two of your best six players right now and you could put three with Bo Byram and you still went in there and beat up one of the top contenders in the West yeah Dallas has been unquestionably one of the better teams to start this season they haven't been at the top but they've been consistently like showing good performances not like early season flash in the pan they've showed like this is a very stable team that's going to be in the playoffs this year and maybe just maybe if they make the right trade deadline additions, could be a Stanley Cup contender. And the Avs, like you said, they came in and just played a a damn solid game. Like this was really just felt like one of the best 60-minute performances I'd seen in a minute. Maybe outside like the last 10 minutes of the second period wasn't all that great after a certain Stars goal that we will definitely talk about. After that and before that, I thought the Avs just just played fucking great. Like, I really had no complaints. The Stars really came through. Our Stars, not the Dallas Stars. Our star players came through. I thought our depth looked really good. Like, 
this really was an example of the next man up mentality that we'd been seeing. And in my opinion, the best example we'd seen of it. Yeah, it was, we finally got that defensive performance from the abs that had kind of been lacking. Uh, I thought defensively they were great in their structures, uh, great plays. And if it's not for like a little mental gaffe in the last minute of the game, you're talking about giving up one goal to this really good Dallas team. Um, I was really, really impressed with the defense performance. I don't think Georgiev had to make a ton of like high danger saves and five on five. He did make a couple great saves on the stars, two power plays they had, maybe one. It was, it was a weird game where the penalty minutes were very, very in favor of the abs. Yes, uh, you do have to maybe understand a little star's frustration. The power plays were six to one. Yeah, we, we had a significant power play advantage, which also might be tilting that shots on goal 35 24 in the abs favor. Yeah, stars fans were not too happy with officiating in this game. There is officiating to talk about. It was hard to argue some of the calls that were made against the stars, but I, I understand the frustration. If it's the other way around, we'd be coming on here calling bullshit. Exactly. We'd be doing the exact same. They would have had two power plays, but it wasn't for that uh, goal that we'll talk about. But I get it. The officiating wasn't. I mean, it was in favor of the abs, so I'm not going to complain too much about it, but I can see from a star's perspective how you'd be a little upset. Like, Hey, these guys are the Stanley cup champions. We don't need to be giving them six power play chances to beat us. Um, and as it turns out, the abs only got one power play goal, but once again, it could have been like three or four if it wasn't for Jake Ottinger. Yes. So, and that power play goal, um, historic goal, yes. by the way, Kale McCarr, the fastest defenseman in NHL history to hit 200 points, 195 games, 12 faster than the next guy who did it, who I believe was Brian Leach, correct me if I'm wrong. No, it was Sergei Zubov. Zubov, yeah, totally right. It was Zubov, which makes sense because we were in Dallas for this game. I should remember that. But he did it 12 faster than Sergei Sergei Zubov. And something I feel went under the radar, the only guy to do it faster than a point-per-game pace. Yeah. I mean, we, we know Kale McCarr's the GOAT. I say it every day when he scores a goal. Um, but he's really coming into form. And I don't know about you, but I felt like 200 points. I thought he'd be at more, honestly. <laughs> like, that sounds like crazy to say, but I really thought he'd be at more because he's just so fucking good and he seems to score a point in every game. I mean, it and seems he just, like he just scores every single night. But also, according yeah, to this, he does. He does. So I was, I was very – I was like, I feel like 200 is a little low for him, but – Maybe I'm just crazy. Even well, that's also the thing. Crazy. Like Kale has not been around that long. When you think no. of like he started in the the 2019 playoffs, he did not get his start until the first like COVID shortened season. Like it really is weird to think about. Like Kale McCarr feels like he's been around forever because he's already just so good and already has done so much. This is what like his fourth season ridiculous yeah, crazy and he had the covid shortened season both two COVID COVID shortened shortened seasons. seasons yeah and he still put up these type of numbers he he is unreal i mean the goal was fantastic i thought it was actually the abs worst power play of the night and that that's the one they scored on because that's just how that's just how hockey works but it was kind of a broken play miko uh goes behind the net and quietly i didn't even notice this too arturi lekin has a seven game point streak like that's yeah. That's a little not not shocking, but I just feel like it's going very under the radar that he's been fantastic recently. Um, he gets it to Miko, Miko from the head of the net, gives it to Makar, and this is what took to beat Ottinger tonight was a perfect shot, and this was an absolutely perfect slap shot by Kale Makar right over the uh, upper, I think it was his glove hand or his blocker side, and just an absolute clapper of a slap shot to give the abs a one nothing lead. Yeah, I feel like the like the slap shot from Kale McCarr has always been dangerous, but this season we're really starting to see like, oh, this is on par with like some of the best in the league. You really got to respect that option on the power play now almost as much as you would Ovechkin because they're giving him that space in the circle, both circles, yep. and he's just going absolutely bar down on every single one. It, it's not going to see long. We're, we're going to see guys slowly start to cheat out on Kale McCarr. More Which is going to open out. more stuff up for Miko and for Mac. Like, it's just so many dangerous opportunities now in this app's power play. And I remember when McCarr was coming out, I remember his slap shot was kind of his, like, weakness. People were saying that was kind of a weakness to his game, which is real nitpicky for a guy who's as good as Kale McCarr. But that was uh, that was considered a weakness for his game, and it's turned into an absolute strength for him. I think he had like 
uh, a hundred, like a hundred mile per hour shot, slap shot in this game later on. Yeah. And that's not even the one he scored on. Yeah. So, I mean, Kale McCarr is just unreal. Congrats to him for getting the 200 points that fast. It's, it, it's so, he's just so low key about everything he does that even this, he was kind of like, yeah, it's cool. I don't, I don't yeah. Really it's care. like, well, it's, it's still game. early. So it's like, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. I, who cares? Like it, it's just, it's just, it's just so, it's just so early in my career. Like let's, let's talk about all this stuff. <laughs> like even then I feel like we had our moment online and everything. Wow. Kel McCarr is so special. And then we immediately just got right back into game yep. action. Like we really do need to acknowledge just how ridiculously special this is. Like this does not happen as proven by the fact that he is the fastest to do this and only one to do it in under 200 games as a defenseman. Just because this is only the beginning of Kale McCarr's career does not mean we should appreciate it any less. Because look at what he's done already. And we could potentially have like maybe 15 more years of this. It's that crazy. Insane. Like I know it's like, oh, we have so much time, but it's still appreciate this era while it's here because it's still kind of new and kind of fresh. It's going to, you're just going to get used to it so quickly that those 15 years are going to fly by. Well, and it's crazy to think that he's on pace already for a thousand points in ten years. Like he, he he's nice. going to be a defenseman with a thousand points in ten years. Like if he continues this pace, he's he's already on pace for it. So, I Kale McCarr is unreal. He's the best defenseman in the world. Uh, it's really, I, we just don't appreciate the fact that we have him and we get to see him every night. Uh, I love what Peter DeBoer said about him too, because Miro Heiskanen is a very good defenseman in his own right. And he, DeBoer was asked by a reporter, like, hey, do you see any similarities between Miro and Kale's game? And he goes, no, not like Kale McCarr's on a different level. <laughs> like Miro's good. I love Miro, but Kale's on a different level. <laughs> Even the coaches are realizing, like, yeah, like we have really good defensemen too, but uh, they are not Kale McCarr. Yeah, like usually you see coaches like give like some sort of half answer that like sticks up to their players. Like DeBoer knew if he gave anything other than no, like he would just be like, well, you're lying. Like we all know that's not true. And like you said, Heiskanen's great. There's a lot of defensemen in the NHL that are fantastic. We are talking about Kale McCarr already being in the running for this guy could potentially be the greatest defenseman to ever do it. Yeah. He, he's just that good, and he's going to win a couple more Norrises. He's going to win, hopefully, a couple more Stanley Cups and maybe another Conn Smythe. But he is a fantastic defenseman, and I'm just so glad everyone else is realizing it. I think after the Norris win, people kind of were like, okay, yeah, we have to take this guy. Like, He won the Norris and he won the Conn Smythe. Yeah, he's not just the best defenseman. He's one of the best players in the NHL. Yeah, he is top three on his worst day. And only Connor McDavid on his best day is even arguably better. Did you see McDavid's on pace to average 150 points this year? Yeah. He's at <laughs> so 35. Crazy, he, I don't understand how the Oilers are anything less than top three in the world. You have McDavid and Drysaddle as the only players above 30 fucking points. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys. Are, they're out of the playoffs if the playoffs started right now today. Like, like I get the Devils are hot, but like you, you should not be losing to teams ever with these two. He shouldn't be. It's it's great. 150 points. Like that's just ridiculous that McDavid's gonna put that up. Like, but, like we like we've been talking about like Miko Ranton, phenomenal season. McKinnon, phenomenal season. McDavid has nine more points. Yeah. Like that's, he's doing, that's ridiculous. He's he's really good. And I, I think it's safe to say McCarr's the second best player in the world right now. Uh I don't know if anyone's gonna pass McDavid uh ever, just because McDavid is just that high of a talent, but McCarr is a close, like a, a second, and I think there's a pretty decent gap between second and third right now. My, my only argument would be is that if you're building a team from scratch, what do you want? The franchise center or the franchise defenseman? You can make the argument for both. You can. And I, I think I'd lean more towards defensemen because to really good defensemen are hard to find. And if you have an elite defenseman, you're pretty golden. So I agree I'm biased in that take too. I mean, McDavid's the best player we've seen since Wayne Gretzky. So um, yeah, it's a tough one, but I, I, I'd i agree with you. I think I'd lead more towards the defensive side. Yeah. Like it, it's tough though, because it can go either way. Like you get that number one center, you're set forever. You get the number one defense. Like those are the the two premiums of premiums. It really is just up to opinion. Yeah. It's up point. to opinion, but to get back to the game, 
because <laughs> we, uh, as usual, we got off topic. But Kale McCarr gives the Abs a one nothing lead. Uh, I, I really liked the way the Abs played. Uh, the first period was a little skewed because I think Dallas got an early power play in that period. And that was pretty much really one of the few times they were dangerous. I think Georgiev made some absolutely fantastic saves on the power play. Yeah, he made like four in a row. And it's weird because Georgiev's another one of those players. I, I think we're just kind of used to him tossing out these types of games. And we don't really appreciate just how good he has been. Because uh, he was what? He made 23 or 24 saves on 26 shots. Yeah, 22 uh, on 24 in this game. Yeah, my, he's he's really, really good. And he was good once again tonight. So... Just overall, uh, he was fantastic, and he made those huge saves. He is so good pushing laterally from side to side in his net, and he just makes those extremely difficult saves look very routine. And it truly is mind-boggling to me that the Rangers had him, Shesterkin, and Lundqvist all at one time. Like, what fucking, like, drafting of goalies right there in development. But really, really proud of how he played, and – he was just fantastic in this first period once again. Yeah. Like every time I watch him, I'm just so struck by how calm he is. Yeah. Like nothing makes this guy panic. Nothing makes him scramble. Like I, w- I was watching some old Rangers highlights from the last couple of seasons. And the first thing I noticed was just how squirrely he looked in the Rangers. Yeah. Like he just never looked comfortable ever since he's gotten settled in with the abs. Like he, he just looks like he's just sitting on the couch every time he's making saves like he's just calmly moving across like it's just any other day and on this this one power play the stars had they had six shots and i think four of them came at the exact same time and you would think they were point shots coming at him on the ice from 30 miles an hour he was fantastic like there were a couple saves i forget who he robbed on that power play it might have been robert it was it was everybody basically yeah the stars look very dangerous in that in that first power play. Luckily they didn't have very many. They didn't have one after that. So um, they looked dangerous, but the abs PK killed it off. And it was mostly thanks to Georgiev making some fantastic saves, which is the case for most penalty kills. Like you can only do so much and you need your goaltender to be your best penalty killer. And that's what Georgiev was. Yeah. And so the abs, they come out of the first period with a one nothing lead after a, a really strong showing and showed that we were going to be in for a really strong game. Come out in the second period, the abs look pretty strong. Josh Manson drops the gloves with Jamie Ben in one of the more satisfying moments of the season, I'd say so far. Josh Manson fucking drops him clean as day. Clean fight, nothing dirty. Big straight shot right to the chin. Down goes Jamie Ben. What do you know? He does do it after all. I'm not going to explain that joke. This is a family show. Yeah, no, I mean, he is. I did not know Josh Manson was that good of a fighter. Like He looked very comfortable in that oh, role. Yeah. Josh Manson is that guy. Yeah, he he fucked up Jamie Ben. Jamie Ben's not a not, not a stranger to fights. Like He gets in a lot of fights for a captain. Uh, and Josh Manson just ragdolled him. Like he, he must have been taking fighting lessons from Curtis McDermott because that was the most textbook fight that you can. I don't think Manson took one punch. I don't think he did. Yeah, I, th- I think he took like a little like tap to the face. I mean, it was a <laughs> tough look for Jamie Ben because he flinched when the fight began. The second Manson wound up for a punch, he like flinched all the way back and then just got cold cocked. Yeah, dropped him. Like I was worried. I'm glad Jamie Ben's okay because that's kind of the danger of fighting. And I think that's kind of why they're trying to phase it out because they don't want players getting knocked unconscious. Uh, but it definitely stunned him and he got up and he played the rest of the game. But it was probably one of the better hockey fights you'll see just because it was a super clean fight. No one got hurt and you could all walk away and just be like, yeah, Josh Manson kicked Jamie Ben's ass. Have the Avs like really lost a ton of fights in recent memory? Like I feel like most of the fights that have happened lately – don't we usually win? Oh, yeah. We usually ragdoll. Like, it's usually like because McKinnon's so mad that he'll drop the gloves and fuck people up. Yeah. When uh, McKinnon fights, he usually doesn't give you a chance. No. There's, 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 there's very little honor when McKinnon yeah. fights. It is, you have wronged me and I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. I mean, McKinnon just, he, he doesn't give his opponents a chance. He just, he just goes full like ape shit mode on them and just fucks them up. And then he ends up hurting himself, which is usually the case. But, I mean, good for Josh Manson. He he fucked that guy up uh, and couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, Jamie Benn, to get fucked up like that. My favorite thing the Stars do 
uh, after that fight, did you see them like still have to tap the boards? Yeah. <laughs> Even though that fight happened right in front of me, they're like, yeah, good job, man. You just got yeah, your like, yeah, good here. job, Captain. You got knocked out on home ice from yeah. a fight you initiated. That's uh, that's great because if I don't tap my stick, you're probably going to yell at me. Yeah, like it was very, very funny, but it was a good fight from Josh Manson. And it was kind of a like the, those five minutes in the game were probably the most chaotic parts of the game for the abs because shortly after that fight, uh, you had. The conversation has to be had. Does Andreas England hate his goalies? I, you know, I really think he does. You know, I gave him a pass for the first one. I think everyone did. A miscommunication, but s- still, like, don't do that. This one, now you've done it to both goalies. Yes. And as it turns out, this one also resulted in a goal. And we should also say, this happened less than a minute after knocking out Jamie Ben. Yes. We should have had a ton of momentum from that because that's fucking awesome. So the Stars, they get a little bit of pressure after this fight. Ja- not Jamie Ben. Jason Robertson puts a shot on Georgiev. And Andreas Anglin just cross-checks him right in the back. Clear cross-check, clear penalty, right in Alex Georgiev. Knocks off the net and also knocks the puck off of Georgiev and past the goal line. And the review for this takes about 10 minutes and they end up calling it a goal. I'm going to say this and I have to take my abs hat off. I'm not going to do that. I'm bald, but <laughs> I agreed with the call. It made sense in my opinion. It made sense. I, I just, I texted you about it. It just always like that call makes sense, but the abs always seem to be on the wrong end of those types of calls. Yes. I don't know what like that, that's just, my bias take of it is it, the abs always seem to be on the wrong end of those calls. I completely agree. It was the right call. Um, but it just always seems like the abs never get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to those calls. But it's not even just that they keep calling them against us. It's the fact that it keeps happening. Like that yeah. we're always put in these situations. Like I rarely ever see the caps put in a situation like this or any other game that I'm watching. You just see like such a weird fucking play, but basically what happened is Robertson puts this shot on Georgiev. He doesn't really get it cleanly. It kind of like sneaks behind him, but he has it. It's not going to go in the net, but he doesn't have control. And Anglin shoves him in to Georgiev and knocks the puck loose and knocks the puck behind him. It rolls over the line as the net comes off. There really wasn't anything the Stars did on this play to cause the net to come off, nor interfere with Georgiev to cause that puck to get loose. It was the Avs' fault and an at the result of an Avs player's action caused the puck to go into what would have been the net if it stayed on the moorings, but it didn't. It took forever to review. This one kind of made sense because, like, well, we want to make sure we're getting this very right if we are yep. going to make this call because we did not call it a goal on the ice. So you got to get this right. And I really don't have an argument. Like, yeah, I mean, if it was the other way around, I would be beating down the doors for that to be called a goal, because why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Cause it went in, it, it, it was clearly a goal. Uh, the, the rules when it comes to that, like when the goal goes off the moorings, it's like, well, wait, if it still goes in and has, it's weird. Like the rules are very typical NHL fashion where it's like, I well, can't. depending on how you look at it, it it's the, the interpretations of it. Like that just, there's so many different interpretations of it. Yeah. I, now, now that you're saying that I, I just said like, Oh, other teams don't have this happen. I remember to, the very recent thing, Mark Giordano and Toronto had a very yes. similar thing happen where the net came off, wasn't the Leafs' fault, and it went over the line anyway. So yes. it ended up getting counted as a goal. So this does happen to other teams. If we are not the center of the universe, believe it or not. But getting back to your point. With regarding what? I'm sorry, I'm totally off topic here. No, no, <laughs> regarding a, the net coming off the moorings? I thought I, you were going to go further there, man. <laughs> I, I completely interrupted you, and I thought you were going to finish your point. Oh, but, no, I was good, man. <laughs> I totally, honestly, I forgot what you were saying and I just thought you were going to keep talking. Oh, no, no, no. You're good. I think what I was, the point I was getting at is like the NHL rules are very like, it's up to interpretation. Like there always seems to be like the the rules are not black and white. It seems to always be um, just kind of like, oh, well, we're going to call it this way tonight. And then the next time we don't really know how we're going to call it. Right. That's my only confusion. Now I remember what I was going to say. See, I. Everyone who listens to this show, Christian knows this, knows I have a shit short-term memory. <laughs> Things happen, and I immediately forget. So oh, a month a month from now, I will remember what we talked about on this episode. During the episode, 
Christian was talking. The second I opened my mouth, I completely forgot what he said. So that's why I was just sitting there waiting for him to finish his point because I thought I just jumped in before he was done. That's no, you're good. Because I am, I don't have a short-term memory. I forget everything the yeah. moment it happens. And, you know, a great example of this. I said, oh, I remember what I'm going to say now. Then I jumped You already on. forgot it? I don't know. It's okay. all good. I, I know what I'm going to say. It was that I like when stuff is called like this by common sense that is a common sense ruling that it's not really a clean rule anywhere i doubt that's like very very clearly defined as to exactly how that happened but that just makes sense doesn't it these stars did not do anything wrong on this play the abs specifically andreas anglin caused that whole debacle to happen and the puck went over the line that should be a goal and i agree it should have been a goal it's it's goes back to the point where Andreas England just just hates his goalies. Um, but other than that, like I, to go on Andreas England's side here, he hasn't been bad. I mean, for being the team's seventh or eighth or ninth defenseman, he's he's been solid. He's just he's had two bonehead plays where you just kind of shake your head at. Um, it's but yeah, I mean, it, it resulted twice. Yeah, it's happened twice in three games. So. <laughs> It's uh, it's a little concerning, but I mean, let's be real here. When everyone's healthy, Andreas England's not going to be playing for the Avs. So this is just kind of a short-term thing and we'll be good. But yeah, I mean, it results in the game being tied at one. It's kind of funny that that's the goal that the Stars get because I thought they had a bunch of other chances and that's pretty much the only way you were going to beat either of these goalies. Yeah, tonight. it's betrayal. Yeah, it's betrayal and just perfectly placed shots. Um, so it stayed one, one for pretty much the entire second period, the entire second period. I don't know why I'm saying the, there's only two more goals scored and they were both scored in the third period. But like I said, at the beginning of the show, I, I really thought the abs, like there was never really any point in this game where I felt like it was getting away from them. I think they got hemmed in their own zone a couple times, but it wasn't like, Oh shit. Like the abs are in full on panic mode. Like it wasn't Carolina. No, but I did feel like after this this goal from Robertson, I felt the Stars, at least for probably most of the second period, took control a yeah. little bit. That's why I was so upset with the Anglin play. It was just like, we just knocked out their captain in a clean fight. That's just funny. Less than a minute later, we give up a goal that should not have happened. And now the Stars are feeling good. The game is tied. They're playing really well. It's not like we were playing bad, but the Stars, they they had momentum. They had some confidence, and they're playing well on their home ice. We end up surviving the rest of the second period. We get on to the third. This, like this has just been a, a fantastic hockey game. Like yep. we usually don't do this on episodes where we talk about a game straight through for like 25 minutes. We're only on the third period. Yeah. But this, this was just a really, really good hockey game between two really good teams. And just one I imagined we're going to see in the playoffs later. And the third period, again, did not disappoint. I felt like this was the best period of the game. And it starts early. Alex Newhook gets another huge goal set up by Evan Rodriguez and the abs retake the lead. Yeah. We talked about in the last episode, Alex Newhook's really uh, ever since that benching, he's played some damn good hockey and the points are finally starting to come for him. And this goal was a really good play by Evan Rodriguez. He could have easily shot it quickly, but he was patient. Let Ottinger get out of position and just right to Alex Newhook for a wide open tap in goal. And it goes back to the point, like we said earlier, like that was the only way you're going to beat these goalies is by just making perfect plays. And that's exactly what Evan Rodriguez did. And when you add back in Val Nachushkin to that line with Newhook and Evan Rodriguez, now that Rodriguez and uh, Newhook are starting to play a little bit better hockey, this team, their top six is good. Oh, and by the way, Gabriel Landeskog's coming back too. So one of those guys is going to get bumped down to the third line. And you're going to feel even better. I My guess would be it's probably Newhook going down to the third line when uh, Landy comes back, unless Newhook just goes nuclear. Well you're, gonna, well, you're going to need someone at center. Yeah. So it's they're playing some damn good hockey. Evan Rodriguez has been fantastic. And Alex Newhook's slowly starting to get those goals and those points piling up. And I was really hoping that this would be the winner for him because it was a perfect goal. And it's just, we talked about how Kale McCarr doesn't celebrate anything. Every time Alex Newhook scores, it's like he's, it's his first goal. I love it. He is just so charismatic about when he scores and he actually celebrates. He's one of the few players on the team who celebrates and it's, it's a little refreshing, but he doesn't do it in like a taunting way. It's just like, I did it. I scored. Like, let's fucking go. Yeah. Like he's just, he's genuinely so happy 
with himself is like finally i've pushed off my benching for another few games yeah it's good to see like he's on a three game point streak now he had that huge goal against the hurricanes he picked up an assist against the capitals and he picks up this huge go-ahead goal here early in the third right place at the right time and man evan rodriguez like he he took a minute to really get settled in ever since late october is there any negatives to say about this guy i mean he's just making the smart plays he's fit in wherever we've put him great addition on the power play and just, it's like you said, when you're playing a goalie like Jake Ottinger, he pulls him out of his net a little bit, just waits that little extra, like half second, shoots the puck right into his pad. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is not trying to score on that play. That is a pass to Alex Newhook, and Newhook just out muscles this guy right in front of the net, puts it in the wide open net. Abs had the lead. And for what we just talked about, Andreas Anglin, he picks up a secondary assist on this Love goal. It. His first point as an Av. Credit where it is due. Congratulations, Andreas. Big point for him. Abs have a two to one lead. And I really thought from here on out, the Abs played fantastic. The third period was their best period of the game. They don't take any penalties. They have a bunch of power plays that they just cannot convert on. They get a high sticking penalty against Wyatt Johnston. Uh, Luke Glendinning trips Andreas Anglin. Anglin got a drew big call as well. Credit where it's due for him as well. And they got two phenomenal power plays. I know they went one for six in this game. They looked good on the power play. Jake Ottinger is an animal. Yeah, he's very, very good. He is. He made some saves. I forget it. It might have been the fourth or fifth one. There was one power play. There was like a 20-second sequence where I think McCarr had a shot. McKinnon had a shot. Lekkinen had a shot. And then Miko finished. Like, he would have scored, but he missed the net. And just Ottinger was in perfect position for every single play. And I, I will say he, he terrifies me. Jake Ottinger, if we were to face him in the playoff series, he terrifies me. He is that guy. I mean, Dallas last year was not very good. They were not, they really shouldn't have made the playoffs. In my opinion, they were just not a very, they were a very niche team. Jake Ottinger is the only reason that got pushed seven games. It's like I talked about last episode when we previewed this game. He made or he faced 68 shots in game seven against Calgary and stopped, I believe, 65 of them. Dallas in that game had less than 30 shots. Ottinger almost dragged them to a series against the Oilers. Now the Stars are getting scoring. Now I think they have a better fit at coach with Pete DeBoer, or at least for now, because Pete DeBoer, his shelf life is not long but this Two is years max yeah it's still we're not at that point yet year nope. one with pizza board is usually pretty good they're getting good defensive structure and they're getting scoring from one of the new banes of the abs jason robertson that's a this is a team that the i, I the abs i think beat them in a playoff series but if the abs go on another run this is the blue series i think on crack. correct the stars correct. are a threat to the abs in the second round. If if they both get that far. I agree. The, the stars are a, a good team. Granted, they have to stay healthy. They got to keep getting production from guys like Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, and we'll see what happens, but yeah, their top line goes toe to toe with the abs top line when healthy. Jason Robertson's a beast. Joe Pavelski will never die. Like he, like we said, he's just going to play until he's like 50 and average like 70 points a year. And Rope Hintz was quiet in this game, but Rope Hintz is a very good player. He's also and, coming off an injury. Yeah, coming off an injury. So it was a very, very good Dallas team. And like you said, the Avs got the benefit of the doubt with penalties in that third period. They kind of controlled the play for a majority of that third period because they felt like they were on the power play for like half of it. And then in the final minute, when you think everything's going good, you have the right decor out there. You have the right forward group out there. They just kind of fall asleep a little bit and let probably the most dangerous player on the ice just get a perfect opportunity. And let's be real, it was a perfect shot by Jason Robertson. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into big payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, 
how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. I had no reason to feel this way because we were playing so well, but I just had a feeling like, man, oh, yeah. stars are going to tie this game. It was almost like because we were playing too well. It was just like, Correct. we deserve it, so we're not going to get it. The hockey gods had to get back at us for that Carolina game. That was my thought exactly. It was like, yeah, we dominated this game, but the hockey gods have to get back at us for that gift they gave us against Carolina. Yeah. And so it, like, it wasn't even that big a mistake, just a little bit of a miscommunication. Jason Robertson doesn't even get a grade A chance. This is like a, like a B minus at best. And he just puts a perfect shot on right off a guy in front. Nothing Georgiev can do tie game under a minute left with less than 30 seconds to go, even two to two. And you're just like, damn, damn. We deserve Did you not feel like there's no way we win this game? Because I had that feeling. Once that went in, I just always feel like when a team gives up a last-minute goal, it's very hard to rebound and win a game because you're just that, – that emotional low and then on the opposite end, you've got the emotional high of you just tied this game and you're you're going to win the game. I always feel like – I'm just like, ah, well, probably going to lose in overtime here. I mean, I felt it was 50-50. My main concern even going into overtime, this is not going to surprise anyone, was please do not end in a shootout. This game deserves so much better than a shootout ending. This is such a fun little like mini regular season playoff game just between two really good teams. It deserves so much better to end in a shootout that proves nothing. And the overtime in this game was great because I, f- I feel better about the abs in overtime now than I have in years past. Well, did you see they split up Miko, Mack, and Makar? Exactly my point. They've stopped doing that now. Just just because for some reason it doesn't work, it's time to stop arguing with it and accept it doesn't work. So they've split them up. They start JT Comfer out there with McKinnon. McKinnon, I can't believe he couldn't score the winner in this game. The, so good. So unbelievably dominant. Jake Ottinger has an answer for him every step of the way. He draws a penalty as well, much to the ire of Stars fans, understandably. But this this was a penalty. It was a trip on, who was it, I believe? It was Mason Marchman. Marchman, yeah, he got kicked out of the game for that, yeah, too. he did, too, because he was mouthing off. But, yeah, Marchman trips McKinnon, and the Avs have a power play that, again, was damn good. But Jake Ottinger, is, he's just that guy for Dallas right now. Goes back to four on four. The Avs had their chances. The Stars really didn't. I think they had like one from distance, but this The Avs controlled that overtime. They had the puck. It felt like the entire overtime. Oh yeah, even well before the power play. They were just smart with the puck. The only times they really shot it was when McKinnon just burst his way past everyone. There was one that Ranston put over the net, but even then they won the faceoff right again. Got it right back. They draw the penalty after the one shot the Stars had. They just couldn't bury it. And much to my dismay, this game does go to a shootout. And man, I say this before every single shootout because I don't want to sound bitter when we lose, but my God, do these games deserve better. These are not like I get shootouts are fun. They're a fun little thing in a vacuum. But my God, does a game like this deserve so much better? You can't tell me a game like this doesn't deserve better. If you think about it, the Avs two best games this year against the Rangers and against the Stars have both ended in shootouts and it, it is funny. I, I think the shootout, I agree. It's not the greatest way to end a game. If it was up to me, we've talked about this on the show. Just make it like an eight minute overtime or just like 10 minutes. Just and give me, just give me 10 minutes. I'm not even asking to get rid of shoots. Just give me five more minutes. And then you know what? Fuck it. Shootout. You know, this is taking too goddamn long. We're not going to get a winner this way. Five is not enough. It's not yeah. When the inevitable lockout happens in what two years, um, we the should petition out. the NHL for that. Well, that's well, that's the thing. It's not the NHL; it's the players. Yeah, the PA is like, well, we don't want anyone getting hurt for for five more minutes of overtime. For five more minutes, how many yeah. injuries are going to happen? How many hits I mean, in three on three? Yeah, it's true. I mean, to be honest, I mean, ever since they implemented the three on three, I feel like shootouts have gone down tremendously. Oh, without question. Um, but that's the thing; like, they had to implement it because every game ended in a fucking shootout. Yeah. So it, it's been fun. I agree. This game was awesome, and I didn't want to see it end in a shootout. 
Uh, luckily, the Avs are 2-0 and in shootouts somehow this year. I feel like we always just have bad luck in the shootouts and bad luck in overtime. Because what we're 2-0 we're in overtime now, right? I believe. We lost an overtime game? We lost to the Jets. Oh, yeah, Neil Pionk. <laughs> I think we're 2-1. and one. Yeah, which is pretty good for the Avs, considering yeah. how bad they usually are in overtime. Which, which is, makes no sense because, like we said, the players you have, you should not lose games. Yeah. Which, which is the one I'm missing? What was the what was the other one? Carolina, Rangers, Winnipeg. Stars, Jets. I know, the, I know the Rangers, but the Rangers was a shootout. Yeah, I don't what, know if there was another. Oh, there was another overtime game. We scored the overtime winner in. Uh shoot, 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 shoot. I'm gonna have to look this up. I I got it. It was uh, nothing. I'm wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I thought we had an overtime winner. I thought you were. I thought you were right. I yeah, guess we, not. We had, we had the one uh, against the Hurricanes. I, I guess I just made the other one up because it never happened. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the Hurricanes game. Yeah, that was one I forgot about. Lekkinen yeah, scored it right there. Yeah, that was the one last week. That's that's the one I was referring to. But I saw we were two and one on the broadcast, which referring to the other shootout. Which, Correct. Which I am now realizing, but we go to the shootout. I thought we were going to be there all night. Ottinger. <laughs> I did too. Ottinger and Georgiev were playing out of their minds in this game. They both stopped the first shots from uh, McKinnon. Who had it for the Stars? Sagan. Sagan. He yeah, Sagan. The puck. yeah, Sagan. Yeah, he the puck. Great save on McKinnon. And then you get the Joe Pavelski chance turned aside. Great save. That was his yeah. best save of the night, Georgiev. They talked about on the broadcast. He did that double push and just extended far enough. Pavelski made a fantastic move. And Georgiev, so far this year in shootouts, he stopped all six. Yes. So the guy just does not have a pulse. He does. He just runs off of instinct. He doesn't even think. It's incredible. Yeah. So and then Miko just Miko's been two for two. Miko's been fantastic in the shootout, which is not like Miko. Uh, he gets a beautiful move to get it past Ottinger to get the one and only shootout goal. Uh, it was a good move. It resulted in the goal, and I was very very impressed with the move because, like you said. <laughs> I didn't. Th- I thought we were going to go eight rounds. I really did, and I thought Eric Johnson was going to take a PK, like a penalty shot. I thought that's how far we were going to get with how these goalies were playing. But Miko just makes an absolutely perfect shot, and then coming down, I forget who had the last shot for the Stars. It was Robertson. I specifically yeah. remember it was Robertson because I was thinking, like, this guy's playing way too good. There's no way. In, in a, a very blatant attempt to jinx it, and it worked. So. Yeah. The abs, they walk out of Dallas with a win. I did want to talk about that Ransom goal because, my God, does he just make it look so casual. Oh, yeah. It looks so effortless. And that's just kind of how Miko Rantanen's game is. He just makes everything look easy, even though he's doing it at very high speeds and it's very skillful. But it was a great move. I think he's two for two on that. He's probably going to have to change up next shootout because I think he did the same move to Shesterkin. I mean, if it works. Correct. Like there's a, there's a couple of guys like Kuznetsov where they just do the same thing every time and there's nothing. Yeah. Johan, Ryan Johansson does that stupid like controller died move and I don't think that should count because I feel like he just stops. But hey, that's just me. But he, I mean, it works every time because the goal is moving. I mean, yeah. And like we we already have the shootouts. The the last thing I ever want is for rules in the shootout. As long as the puck is moving forward, who gives a fuck? Yeah, it's fair, but Johansson's move is like, how do you not stop that? But it's also like, oh, he's just waiting to like, you have to bait one move, and if he makes one move and you fall for it, you, it's a goal. Yeah, um, I mean, it just seems like an effective strategy. I'm not, I'm totally not biased because Kuznetsov is the worst yeah. defender of this. But yes, Kuznetsov is hilarious to watch, but he's fantastic in him too. Uh, but it's it, it it was an Avs win. That was a huge, huge two points for the boys, and they they earned that win. They really did. And I think on the show we talked about, I predicted they were going to lose 3-2 in overtime. I was close. I was close. But uh, they just keep winning. And like you talked about at the beginning of the show, man, like this team should not be winning right now. They just simply should not be 7-1 and one in their last eight yeah. games. Like th- th- this should be a point in time in the season where we're like floating around the wild card race a little bit. Like you- We should be where the Oilers are. Yeah, like we shouldn't be seven and one in our survival period. And our, our only loss was just a, a one goal loss to a goalie who made 40 plus saves. Like the, simply should not be the case. But this team, they're just so used to this. Like it's like I said at the beginning of the show, I should be used to this because we've talked about this basically every episode ever since you came on the show over a year ago. Like this team is just constantly injured and they just they just keep finding ways to win and they just don't stop. It doesn't matter for them. It doesn't matter. And we've talked about it on the other shows too. Like they're going to only get better. And it's just been 
so damn impressive how this team's doing this without your best skater, like your tweet you had after the game. Like it perfectly summed up how the abs are doing this, and they still just keep finding ways to win with guys like Martin Kaut playing top six minutes, which we had to talk about. Kaut got hurt for a little bit. Thankfully, he returned, but that did not look good when he went down. And you thought, all right, who's the next guy up? Like, who do we even call up from the Eagles? Is it is it Sample Ranta again? Who who do we call up? Yeah, like but, who would it even be at that point? Because if Count went down, thankfully he came back. Like we are really scraping the bottom of the barrel at that point, and you really have to wonder just how long we can keep this up. But like that's how deep we already are into the system, where we're still playing a guy like Martin Cow in the top six, like we're talking about, like you still have like an Anton bleed playing four minutes a night. Like it just, and they just keep finding ways to get it done. And yeah. a guy like Evan Rodriguez having such a fantastic game. He had six shots on goal, had that beautiful assist. Alex Newhook picks up the goal. Kale McCarr just doing his thing. He gets his 200th point and Honestly, I want to give a shout to to one guy who I thought flew under the radar in this game, a guy we've given a little bit of crap to and kind of ignored. Eric Johnson was good in this game. He was. And Josh Manson was good in this game, too. Like, the D was really good. Uh, Eric Johnson was was good, like you said. And it sounds like, by all reports, that Sam Gerrard's going to be back this weekend, which would be a huge addition to this team. And I, I haven't heard anything about Bo Byron, but you have to assume he's he's getting close. Uh, yeah, because he was week to week, and it's been yeah. what two weeks now. Yeah, Byram's was a little more pessimistic than Gerard. Gerard was always day to day. Byram's week to week. I imagine Byram will be back around the same time as Val, probably in that somewhat timetable. But yeah. even even just getting Gerard back will be such an extra boost for this team. Yes, it will. I mean, maybe they go seven D, win the next game. If you have Gerard, because then you don't have to hustle him back. And it's not like Bleed or Megna's playing significant minutes. Like, Yeah, I mean, as, as much crap as we've given Andreas Anglin, he is still playing somewhat of a contribution. Like He's playing yeah. 11, 11 minutes a night for the most part. And outside of just trying to murder his own goalies, I really don't think he's been that bad. No, I, th- I think he's been pretty solid. But it wouldn't shock me at least if they go 7D when Gerard's back for a little bit. I mean, you already got these forwards playing 22 yeah. minutes a night. Why not? Yeah. I mean, if you're playing Anton Bleed less than five minutes a night, I mean, why not just yeah. play, why not just keep Andreas Anglin here for right now? And then when Gerard comes back, you run 7D and just see where it takes you. Because you're again, your fourth line really still does not exist at Correct. the moment, which again is so impressive as to how we are beating. Like we're not just running through like run of the mill teams. Like we've beaten Carolina twice and we shut out the caps. Now we've beaten Dallas, who's the other best team in the division. Like these are impressive wins. Yes. They're big wins. And I, this is nothing. It's Anton bleed and Jason Megna, uh, but they, they actually didn't play that bad. I don't think in this game, I think bleed had actually had one or two scoring chances, but yeah. it's just not resulting in big minutes for him. So why not let Gerard kind of ease back into the rotation and you just play that seventh D and it's not like Jacob McDonald can't just switch. Like if he needs to switch to forward, he can switch to forward pretty effortlessly. So why not just run 7D and just kind of keep rolling it out there? Because yeah. then maybe you can take like maybe a minute or two off Taves and McCarr and that minute or two becomes huge later on down the season. Yeah, well, I mean, when Kale McCarr is playing 32 minutes against the Stars, maybe wouldn't be a bad idea to maybe spread that out just a little bit more, even with Gerard back and maybe bring that down to like a more comfortable 25 30 ah, 25 maybe a little drastic. I think if he gets 28, I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm saying eventually we should probably start to work our way back down to Correct. 25. Well, let's also be fair. He played nine minutes on the power play yeah. in this game. Generally not gonna happen. So that number probably inflated a little bit. I mean, he also played almost a minute shorthanded. That's almost 10 minutes on special teams in this yeah. game. So. so he did play a lot, but I agree. Like when you get him back, you kind of bring those minutes down because it is not about like the regular season. We've talked about this. It's fun. It's cool to watch, but in the grand scheme of things, it means absolutely nothing. Uh, so just get the guys healthy. Keep Kale McCarr fresh. I mean, honestly, I don't think I, Kale McCarr and Devon Taves aren't humans. Like they're just robots because they can just go play 35 minutes a night and be completely fine the next day. Like it's, it's really not the end of the world, but. 
I would like to see him go down just a little bit, just touch. And Gerard coming back, Gerard, people give him shit. He is a minute eater. He will play. He can play 28 minutes if you need him to. Yeah, Gerard's always been that guy to just eat up a ton of minutes, eat up some big minutes on the the second unit power play and everything like that. Like the, he's gonna get a lot of crap, but it's it's never gonna end unless he like literally scores the Stanley Cup winning goal. But that just comes with the territory of being a smaller defenseman, I guess. Not to get back into the whole Sam Gerard conversation like we always do. Yeah, but him coming back is gonna be a big addition to this team. Byram's probably only gonna be maybe like five or so games after that, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, doesn't really matter. But we're going to see just how important Gerard is. It's going to be fun. Uh, and then I don't think I had anything else from this game. If we want to move on over to Vancouver, which will be tonight by the time you're listening to this, we're facing a Vancouver team that is struggling. Like they are getting, uh, they are getting pretty good performances from their stars. Like Bo Horvath is like pretty close to the league leading goals. Elias Pedersen's been good. Quinn Hughes hasn't been that bad. JT Miller after a slow start's coming on. The problem for Vancouver is not what anyone would have anticipated. Their goaltending with Thatcher Demko has been brutal. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, they blew a lead once again in regulation of the Golden Knights last night. They were up 4-2 to two in the third period. They give up three goals like, man. They're not as horrible as they were when they started the season like 0-6, but this is not a great team right now. And thank God I didn't pick Thatcher Demko with that pick. I used to pick Sorokin instead. Like Demko did me so right last year. I'm I'm shocked that he's just been so mediocre at best this season. Yeah. Like, I, I really thought like, even if Vancouver's just okay, he'd be their saving grace. He is an 883. Do you want to, do you want to just guess his record? Oh, he's like one in something. Cause I remember the last broadcast against the Kings. He, it was the first time he had won a game. He's two and nine this season. Oof. Uh, yeah. Two, nine, and two, I should say. That's not good. Why do they still count ties for goalies? What the fuck is that? Or is that an overtime loss? He could have lost in overtime. No, they, there's T and OT. Why is it? They, they still have ties on here. Is there some rule that I don't know about? Probably. I mean, more than likely it's CNHL we're talking about, dude. But yeah. So, eight, eight. Yeah, I mean, that, Thatcher Demko has not been good. I, I think he plays tonight against. The Avs, I mean, it's either him or who? Spencer Martin has been their other guy who is uh, an 898. Yeah, the goaltending has been the problem for the Canucks. So I fully anticipate a very high-scoring game. Uh, I do think the Avs win this game, not easily, but I think they win probably like 5-3 with an empty netter. Uh, it's just Vancouver has not been good, and it sucks because I actually don't hate Vancouver. I like a good amount of their players. They just they can't, can't make saves. And as we say that tomorrow night, we'll probably get shut out by the Canucks or oh, tonight. Yeah. Like that's, that's always how it goes. But I'm also just looking at like just their stats because I've I have not looked into the Canucks enough this season. I did not realize JT Miller is a minus eleven. Yeah, he's not been good. No, like this man is horrid in his own end. Like Elias Pettersson's a plus seven. Like he he's been doing fine. He's got 23 points in 19 games. Pettersson's not the problem right now. Uh, they just handed out that contract to Miller, who's been fine. He's got 18 and 19 games. He's got 10 goals. Horvat's got 15 goals. He's towards the top of the league in goals right now, I believe. Like yep. they're getting stuff done. Like it's not like they're this horrible team. Like Horvat's second in the league in goals right now, only behind friggin' McDavid. But it's like yeah. I said, they cannot get a save. Their defense is just not that good. And their depth is just kind of there. I guess like I was just with Vancouver is just how long can you keep kicking this can down the road? They they're gonna blow it up, I think, after the I mean Horvat's more than likely gonna be traded. Uh it's just it's a matter of time because he is he's the only piece they can move. He's the only piece they can move, and he's a free agent. Like he's on the wrong side of 30. Like you you just need to move on from him. Now as we say that they'll probably sign him to like an eight year deal. But 27, but I see where you're coming from with that one. Yeah, you. like he's he's getting older. Like, I don't know. For me, it's just one of those things. I think you got to move off him and at least start something with this team going forward. But who knows what the, who knows what that management team's going to do? We thought when they got, who'd they get out? Jim Benning? Was that the yeah, previous yeah. game or was Jim Benning was the old guy? And now their general manager is Patrick Alvine and it's Jim Rutherford, the old Penguins general manager who's the team president, the guy we always hear from. 
Yeah, I was. Rem- I I'm still haunted by that time we were on a live stream. I think we did a, a some kind of watch along for us that involved Vancouver. Yeah, and I said, oh well, thank God they got rid of uh, Jim Rutherford, and we had uh, Isha and Tap be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" It's like, yeah, oh, no, he's oh, the new shit. guy, and you're like, oh shit, I fucked yeah, that up. Oh shit, I was like, I was like beat red for the rest of the stream. <laughs> but yeah, the Canucks are not very good, so uh, I think the Avs win that game. And then you go back to Saturday uh, against another team, the Stars, that we just faced. Uh, Both teams playing the second half of a back-to-back, which seems to be lucky for the Avs because they always seem to be on the wrong side of that. And you, I I think it's going to be a different game. I wouldn't be shocked if Frankie gets the start against Vancouver and Georgie gets the call against, well, no shit, you have to because it's back-to-back. Well, you're, you're, you're forgetting the, the Nashville. Nashville game. Yeah, yeah Nashville. forgetting the Nashville game because it's on Black Friday and I totally forgot about it. Uh, that's going to be a hockey game. I, I don't know if we win that game. That's just going to be a game where we're going to be like, yeah, that game happened. It's also happening like around the same time as the USA-England game, the only soccer game I have ever cared about in my entire life. Yeah. So we'll see just how much we have to say about it on that I already forgot about that game. I, I totally spaced I was, I was just thinking like, man, no respect for Nashville already. Yeah, I, I already forgot about that game. And that's not because I think Nashville's bad. It's just such a weird time for a hockey game that it, I am going to be. No, it's weird there's no Thanksgiving game this year, right? Isn't there usually one? Uh, there was one last year. I remember ESPN did a game. Uh, so, Maybe yeah, it does feel weird. Usually is one, but just yeah. for some reason right now there isn't. And I mean, do you want to compete against football? I mean, that's that's really the thing. Yeah, I guess, but it's like you can't keep scheduling everything around other sports all the time. Right. Like, just give us one game. Just one. That's it. Yeah. I mean, they did it with – there's only two games on tonight. Like, the NHL scheduling has been so weird lately. Um, It's actually actually, this year it's been, like, a bigger problem than I remember it being. Yes. It's always been like, oh, there's no games. There were, like, 15 yesterday. But, like – the Battle of Alberta's three times. The Caps play the Penguins three times. We play the Wild three times. Like a whole bunch of really good matchups just getting absolutely stiffed this year. Yeah, it's so, weird. And but, it feels like more than ever, there's like these 13 games on tonight and there's like three the next yeah. day. It's so weird. And like usually when they do that, it's the nationally televised games. There's no nationally televised games tonight. Like what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, it's it is just odd. like today we've had Montreal and Buffalo. Buffalo killed, by the way, seven to two. They beat the Habs. And we have the Rangers and Kings going on right now, which I have not tuned into. But uh, Kevin Fiala scored. It's one nothing, one nothing Kings. That's nice to know after I turned down that trade. <laughs> that's why like there's just okay games on it. Like you I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, usually like the the games we have, like, oh, on Wednesdays we have three games and two of them are on TNT. It's not even the case right now. There's just like 15 games, which you're you're not gonna watch because odds are your team is playing. So correct odds are on. I'm not gonna be watching the other games because that's just common fucking sense. Like I'm yep. gonna watch my team. Like even when the caps and the abs play at the same time, I can really only watch one on the TV and one on my laptop. It's generally the, the ads mostly because I care more about those games right now. But <laughs> it's just weird, right? I don't, rem- I, it's always been bad, but I don't remember it being like this, like you cannot watch games. Right yeah, now. I agree. It's very weird, but I mean, just for that Preds game, what do you think? Like, how, how do you think that game? I, I think that game's going to be like two, one, just because both teams are going to be so like, full from Thanksgiving. I, I just think the, I think the Avs win that game just because UC Soros hasn't been great. And the Preds are very mediocre. Uh, I, I think the Avs win that game, but it's just going to be a very weird game. Yeah. I, this, I'm going to give like a lightning round prediction. Cause I didn't, I didn't realize there were going to be three games before our next episode. Jesus. But I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with you on Vancouver. I'm going to say five to two. We win that game probably with an empty netter as well. I feel like Nashville's gotten a little better lately. I feel like they're on a little bit of a run since the last time we played them. We're actually their last regulation loss now that I'm looking at. They beat the Rangers. They beat the Wild. But they beat the Islanders. They lost to Tampa in OT. They barely survived the Coyotes. But the Coyotes are, like, surprisingly not terrible. Horrible. Yeah, they're not horrid. Uh, they have Detroit tomorrow before they see us on Friday. I said 5-2 for Vancouver. I don't know. This This feels like a trap. Honestly, to me, oh, I don't for sure it is. I don't know if I'm bold enough to say we lose, but I want to go on a limb and say we do. These afternoon games are odd. These ones are 
I, they usually throw us for a loop. It's in Nashville. I think it's just going to be one of those games we look back on like, oh, we went nine and two in November. Yeah, that'll be one of those losses. And then we, I think we have a really good game against Dallas the next night because you you get slapped in the face where it's like, ah, crap, we have to actually play. And then you go out and you beat Dallas, I'm going to say three to two again this time in regulation. I like it. It, It's, I agree. The abs are always due for just one like stinker in Nashville that just always seems to be the case. Like they always seem to lose a game in Nashville. You're like, how'd they lose that game? And it's like, oh, it was just on a random Saturday. I think we're going to beat Vancouver too well. Where it's just like, we're going to kill them. And then you go into Nashville, you're fat and happy. You had Thanksgiving and everything. It's an early game. The abs, like they just have really odd early games sometimes. Some of their worst performances last year were those early games. Yes. And so, I think I, I think it's going to be an ugly game, but I think if Frankie or Giragev, whichever one starts, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Yeah. I'm going to say three, one Preds. I think we, I think you get, you get Soros fucking game of the season. He makes like 30 saves and the Predators get like an empty net. Maybe yeah. I, that would not surprise me in the least, but uh, so, yeah, I forgot about that game. I, I still think they're going to win that game. Yeah. I still think they win, but it's like two, one. And then I agree with you on that Saturday game. I think that's going to be uh, a fun one. I think the Avs sneak that one out and win that one too. I, I like your 3-2 prediction, but just to be different, I must say 2-1, Avs in regulation. Yeah, I like that one. The Stars are also on a back-to-back against Winnipeg, which is right now tough for competition. So it's not like they're going to have a massive advantage. They're going to be in Dallas coming to Colorado. We're going to be in Nashville coming to Colorado. So not that – like they're going to have to hit the road and everything – could be a real sludge of a game, but I th- I think we're going to get slapped by Nashville. A little bit of a wake-up call. Offense wakes up, really close game down the wire. I think you get a late goal and you win that game. And you're going into that matchup against Winnipeg at the end of the month and just a really good spot. If you win both games against Dallas in November, like you are sitting pretty the rest of the season. Agreed. Agreed. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about on Saturday. A lot to talk about when we, we don't, we don't play the stars again until March. Yeah. We win both of these games. Like you are really set up. Yes. Agreed. So it'll be a fun one. I, I don't know. I agree. I, you would think Ottinger plays against the abs, but also like the jets, like you said, they're no, they're no like cakewalk. Like you would have to think maybe Ottinger plays that game. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, cause it just depends on your philosophy. Like, do you go all in on that first game where your team is rested and probably has a better chance to win? Or do you put him in for the game where they're a little more tied? Like, I'd feel like you play him against the Avs just because of how important that game has location wise. But Winnipeg's not that far behind. Like we're talking right now. We're not tied with Dallas at the top of the division points percentage. It's the Jets. The Jets are tied with us for first in points percentage right now. The Stars are technically still on top, but they're two points ahead of us, and we have two games in hand. Same with the Jets. They have an identical record to us. We have more regulation wins. Here's a weird stat. The Jets have only six regulation wins. They've won a lot of overtime and shootout games so far. I mean, that's going to eventually balance itself out. I Completely agree. But right now, at least, the Jets are off to a good start. They did blow a 3-0 lead yesterday to Carolina in four minutes, all with the net empty, and they barely snuck out that game in overtime. The Jets might be getting off to a good enough start. I don't know if it's good enough to hold down third. St. Louis has won seven in a row. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, It's Saturday. could either be a fantastic day for me when we record, or I could be just absolutely down in the dumps. My beloved Michigan Wolverines face – uh, a team uh, in the state of Ohio, uh, number two and number three in the uh, in the nation with a chance for a lot, and the Avs play the Stars. So I could either be in just an absolutely fantastic mood on Saturday night when we record, or I could be just a depressed piece of shit. Uh, so we'll see. It's really a make-your-own-adventure for that day for me. Sounds like we, we're all going to be left waiting. I can't wait for it. Oh, I mean, for strictly viewers and listeners, that they want they're cheering for me to lose both. But for yeah. my personal happiness, I'm hoping that the Avs and Michigan win. And if I'm being honest with you, I would rather have the Avs lose a Michigan win because you only play that team in Ohio once. Um, and knowing my luck, it'll probably go the opposite way. So, so we'll, Christian, we'll see. Christian Belay, noted Avs trader. Yeah, that's that's where we're going right now, but. 
Saturday has a chance to be a fantastic day for me or just a truly, truly depressing day. So tune in on Sunday to find out where I'm at mentally. Yeah. I mean, you'd say people want to see you like all sad. Our our loss episodes generally do not do as well as our wins. It's an odd phenomenon where people actually like when we win and like That's to fair. more when we're positive for some reason. But I don't it know. Could, it could be it could be a fantastic day for me or it could be a truly just absolutely shit show day. So I I can't wait for it. This is the beauty of sports is they can either make you just extremely happy or make you question everything in your life. And I only do it to myself. I do it to myself because I love teams. Voluntarily. We all we all do this. Yeah, we do it voluntarily and I I will die at a young age because of watching sports, but you know what? Life life well lived. Life well lived. So I got nothing else, man. Let's cheer these abs on for three games the rest of this week, which is going to be weird. We're going to have Saturday has a chance to be a very long episode. It it could be a very long episode. It probably will be. Honestly, you know, it'll probably be the exact same as this because we just somehow end up at over an hour anyway, as I'm looking at the clock right now. Somehow we have spun this one game into well over an hour because that's just simply what we do and we've decided to stop fighting it. So we're going to wrap this one up here before one of us brings something up that drags this episode out for another 30 minutes because we we do that a lot. So we're going to wrap this one up here. Uh, Sponsor time holds up wallet. Uh, you can use promo code Teledabs. It is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to see the abs going up against Vancouver tonight or going up against the Stars in a massive division game at the end of the week, you can just get $20 off with your first purchase using promo code Teledabs. It is. It's a great way to help out the show as well. We really would appreciate it. And it's just a way to, to save some money if you're looking to go to another abs game. There's a if lot of looking at it. The Canucks game is $67 with 20, 20 bucks off. You're going to have $47 for, to go watch the abs versus the Canucks. And then the stars is even cheaper. You could go for $54 with the promo code. You could get down to 34 and you get to see those sweet reverse retros in person. I forgot about the retros. Yeah. Yeah. So really not a ton of reason to not be going out there and saving money, or you could save some money and go in December where we have a ton of home games against a lot of teams that don't come through here very often. A lot of good choices at SeatGeek. Again, that is promo code TELLITABS. It is $20 off your first order of $50 or more. Again, great way to help out the show. We would appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at TELLITABS. It is. But we will be back on Sunday talking about the Avs three games against the Vancouver Canucks, the Nashville Predators, and the Dallas Stars. But until then, we will see you guys next time, and let's go Avs.